Kings Capital, Trista Crick, Ryan Horvat, Nick Ashew. You can watch us on Twitch, YouTube, the Odyssey app. Football's a day away. Got the Chiefs defending Super Bowl champs again. Must be nice to be a Chiefs fan, you know? Yeah. That would be good to go into the season thinking we could win another Super Bowl. You got Must Patrick be fun. Mahomes. He actually comes through in the clutch. Like, that's how <laughs> I used to feel with Aaron Rodgers. Like, every year you got a shot. But then every year they would invent a new way to lose in the playoffs. That is block true. Block kicks, block punts, onside recoveries, Russell Wilson thanking God. It's just like every year, Colin Kaepernick, who's not even in the league anymore, rushing for like 375 yards. Man, he was awesome a in third that game. String. Jimmy Garoppolo attempted eight passes. Who's the tight end that Russell Wilson threw to in the end zone? Uh, gosh, I don't even remember. That NFC Championship oh, game. Oh, God, yeah, who was that? He threw... I can't even think off the top of my head now. Well, was... I mean, there was a lot that went wrong. The punter, John Ryan, threw one oh, for a first down. I can't remember who ended up. I thought it was, wait a minute. No, was it, wasn't it Doug Baldwin? I got to check now. There was one with Doug Baldwin, but there was there was another. I got to go back and look. Yeah. All right. Well, while you're looking for that, Carrington Harrison is the host of the Drive Six Ten Sports in Kansas City, where uh, I can assume there's a lot of conversation right now, Carrington, about a, a certain tight end and whether or not he's going to play. So, if I had to ask you right now at this moment, Travis Kelsey, what is your lean? What is your feeling? He's in or he's out for the Chiefs? What is your feeling at this moment? If I had to place a wager on it, I would say no, Travis Kelsey doesn't play tomorrow. I think my logic would be very simple. It's week one of the NFL season, and if you can look at the Chiefs' schedule and you could say, hey, you can afford to drop a game, wouldn't you pick the NFC opponent? We're not talking about this isn't Cincinnati, this isn't Buffalo, this isn't Baltimore or Jacksonville. This isn't a team that you think you're going to have to fight with and jockey with for playoff positioning. So. I think by that logic, I just think it's the smart thing to do. I understand wanting to play at the beginning of the season. It's the home opener, and you want to raise the banner. And, you know, I I get all of that. But, I mean, this is a team that we think is going to be playing football games in January and February. I'm not overly concerned about the middle of September. No matter what happens with Kelsey, whether he plays or not, he's probably not going to be as focal uh, a focal part of the offense as we know him to be, right? So we've got some question marks around who's the true number one on this team outside of him. Like, How do you think the Kansas City offense functions even if he is in the game and is hampered? And that's a really good question. I mean, we haven't really seen too many examples of Patrick Mahomes not having Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill. Funny enough, there was a game a couple of years ago, so Travis Kelsey had tested positive for COVID, so he was out for a game against the Steelers, and the Chiefs scored 36 points in that game. At least in Kansas City, there is a measure of confidence that as long as number 15 is healthy and Andy Reid is there, they're going to figure out a way to win the game. And Patrick Mahomes has been the quarterback for 79 regular season games. The Chiefs have won 63 of them. Like, we are talking about one of the greatest players in the history of the league. So who am I to tell Patrick Mahomes that he can't do something? So I'm just guessing they're going to figure it out. So whether it's we're talking about Sky Moore on Friday morning, whether we're talking about Kadarius Toney, Richie James, there's a bunch of different names that are out there. I'm just going to guess that one of those guys is going to have a really productive day. Do you think that there's a chance that the throwing isn't really their game plan, that they try to run the ball down Detroit's throat? And if so, who do you think, given the fact that Pacheco is kind of coming back from injury, who do you think is the workhorse back there, if any? I mean, I still think it's going to be Isaiah Pacheco. I mean, you gave Patrick Mahomes a half billion dollars. I don't care if Travis Kelsey's there or not. I mean, your best bet is still to trust in the arm of number 15. So, I mean, I still think they're going to be a heavy passing volume kind of offense. As I said, I just think this is going to be that they're just going to try to – they're going to make it up with multiple people. We saw Jarek McKinnon have nine touchdowns last season. They spent the second-round pick on Rasheed Rice. So, I mean, I actually think Pacheco's going to have a good day. I mean, one of the over-unders – 
uh, season long. I can't believe that Isaiah Pacheco is so low with 775 yards. I'm hammering the over personally on the season long for him. So he's certainly going to be a factor. But this team is going to win the game because they have the best player in the league. Yeah, I'm more concerned about the defensive side of the ball. Um, and I know Spags will get it figured out probably by week four because that's what he does. But what do you think ends up happening with Chris Jones in this contract situation? When do you think he gets back on the field? That's a really good question. I mean, if I had to set the over-under right now at three and a half games, I probably would take the over. If you just want me to look into my crystal ball, nobody knows, but let me just take a guess. They have a week four game against the New York Jets. That just makes a lot of sense to me that he maybe comes back in the next 10 days. They give him a couple of weeks to kind of get acclimated into practice. And then he plays in that Sunday night game against the Jets. You're talking about against Aaron Rodgers primetime in New York City. That's just a game that you want to come back. I think this situation's a lot like Cam Chancellor. You remember a couple of years ago when Cam Chancellor missed the early part of the season with the Seahawks, and then he eventually came back to work. I think that's the most comparable scenario when it comes to Chris Jones. I want to kind of look past just this game with this Chiefs offense. And we know Travis Kelsey, if he's not back tomorrow, he'll be back at some point for this team. But they have lots of guys that you can throw the football to, but we obviously don't have a Tyreek Hill there anymore. We know that this offense doesn't need Tyreek Hill because they look great and they won a Super Bowl last year. But it, it, what would you like if we're going to go week by week with this team? Is it going to be a wait and see? It could be a different guy every week that gets a bunch of targets out there. Or could we see somebody like Sky Moore maybe get a, a bigger role and get bigger targets? Because when they drafted him, I'll be honest with you, I thought he was going to kind of be like their Tyreek Hill light. Obviously not as good, but kind of play that role. Didn't have a touchdown the entire year until the Super but could this be a year in year two for Sky Moore where he kind of has a breakout season and gets a lot more targets and some more opportunities? I mean, it's certainly a possibility, but on the other side, maybe that goes to somebody else. Like to answer your question, I think it's certainly more option A than option B. I don't know how anybody can predict wide receiver numbers on a weekly basis with the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. One week, I think it could be Tony. One week, I think it could be Sky Moore. One week, it could be MVS. Like, I just think that's the way that their offense is designed. Like, I think that their offense is going to be very similar to when Andy Reid was in Philadelphia. Like, last year, they didn't have a wide receiver that had a 1,000 yards, and Kelsey was really good. McKinnon caught a lot of touchdowns, and everybody else just kind of got in where they fit in. That's what I think it's going to be this year. Like, it's going to be one of those things, like maybe on daily fantasy, you take a chance on one of those flex positions, and you just hope that that player far exceeds what the value is. So uh, I guess who's the team that would concern you the most in the division? I'm kind of high on the Chargers, which I know famous last words. A lot of people are giving <laughs> hype to the Denver Broncos now with Sean Payton taking over. And then you got the Raiders, who are most likely going to be a disaster. I think they should probably tank for Caleb Williams uh, if he does play in the NFL next year, that is. But who do you like or who would scare you the most? I mean, the Chiefs are the only team in the NFL to be favored in all 17 games. Nobody. I mean, that's just the answer to the question. I know you want me to give you like a really long answer here, but I mean, the answer is the, the answer is nobody. I mean, the Raiders, as you alluded to, they got a chance to get the number one overall pick. Have you guys seen Russell Wilson play? I don't know why the Kansas City Chiefs should be worried about the Denver Broncos quarterback. He's basically Jay Seeler with unlimited subway cards. And then you've got Jeez. the Los Angeles Chargers, who they are the AFC version of the Cowboys. We already know what the Chargers are going to do. They're going to win 10 games this year. They're going to be a wild card team and then they're going to lose some random game to Cincinnati in round one. We already know how their season's going to end. What about Cincinnati, Buffalo, New York? Are there any teams in the AFC that do scare you? I mean, Cincinnati for sure. I mean, Cincinnati is the only team that I think is proving consistently. And I know Philadelphia did, but they're in the NFC. 
that has proven that they could stand toe-to-toe and play with Kansas City and beat Kansas City in a game that matters. Buffalo has never beat the Chiefs in a game that's really important, not one time. Beating them in a week five game on Sunday Night Football does not count. We've seen Cincinnati go on the road to Kansas City in a playoff game and win. They've got the quarterback to do so. they got the defense to do so. And they just play Kansas City really tough. So the only team that I think Chiefs fans are worried about is Cincinnati. I just There's something about Buffalo that I just don't like. I think we're going to look back at the end of the season. And yeah. I really think we're going to look at that game against Kansas City where they lost, where they had that lead with 13 seconds to go, I think we're going to look at that as being the peak. It kind of reminds me of the Houston Rockets. Remember they had that series against Golden State and they lost in game seven. Mm -hmm. The Rockets were never the same after that. That's what I think we're going to look at with Buffalo after this season because you and I both know you don't go back with unhappy wide receiver. He only gets more unhappy as the season goes on. I'm actually fading Buffalo very heavy this year. Same. Yeah, no doubt. I'm curious. I was watching because they put it back on my TV screen, the Super Bowl, and how the Eagles were just beating the Chiefs down for pretty much most of that game until things turned around. Like, are you, but there's been some changes there. Are you concerned about Philadelphia at all? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I think you could argue that Philadelphia from 1 to 53 has the best roster in the National Football League. I mean, that was an all-time Super Bowl, two juggernauts, two heavyweights just standing in the middle of the ring and just throwing punches. I mean, so you're certainly worried about Philadelphia. I guess I will say this. I've seen Kansas City do this for five years where I think we can have a legitimate conversation on if they're a dynasty or not. Philadelphia has been great for one year. Two years ago, Philadelphia, they lost in the first round of the playoffs as a seven seed to Tampa Bay. Last year, they went to the Super Bowl. They almost won the Super Bowl great. I've seen Kansas City do it again. I've seen Buffalo do it again to a certain extent. I've seen Cincinnati do it again. Let's see Philadelphia do it a, a second time. Talking to Carrington Harrison, BetMGM tonight. Uh, you know, we were, we were talking earlier about teams going the opposite direction, right? You heard Ryan mention briefly Caleb Williams. His dad had that article in GQ where he said, you know, he may even go back to school if he doesn't like the team that has the number one overall pick. Like, if you look at the opposite side of things, we talked about all these great teams, all these great organizations. Again, I'm very jealous you get to talk about the Chiefs literally every day there. I spent years in Washington, and it's just the complete opposite. I remember talking about this when I came on with you. I think it was like last year when they played him or whatever. But, like, there are some organizations that are just bad every single season. Who do you look at right now and say, they got the best shot at having the number one overall pick. And then we go, maybe Caleb Williams doesn't want to play there. Uh, I would say outside of the obvious Arizona. I mean, that mm-hmm. seems like the, the fair pick to be the number one. I would throw the Raiders in that conversation. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at the first. I don't have the – I can't remember the stat. But if you if you eliminate the first six games of Josh McDaniel's career, he's like 6-22 and 22 in his last 30, like 28 games that he's been the head coach. It's something ridiculous like that. Like, it was just such an aberration in the very, very beginning, and things have turned around. I think the Raiders have an outside chance of being the number one overall pick. I also think Tampa Bay is just really, really bad this year. Like, I could see Tampa Bay being a team that doesn't have a chance to make the playoffs in the middle part of the season, and then they start trading pieces. They traded a key player on defense. Mike Evans gets traded because they're not going to sign him long term. Like, I, Tampa to me is going to do a quiet quit. They're going to do like a quiet <laughs> tank job sometime around Halloween. 
Yeah. So, like, you look at the MVP market. Do you feel like there might be some fatigue? Like, not voter fatigue because it's not like Mahomes wins the award every year like we talked about with with Feels Jokic. like he does. But, I mean, 6-1, to one, you look at that price. It's kind of like when we talk about coach of the year. I feel like the Chiefs would have to go undefeated and break every scoring record for Andy Reid to get any love because we know how good of a coach he is. And it's usually like a team that goes worse to first or, you know, five-win team to double-digit wins. Do you think if – like, what do you think Mahomes has to do to win an MVP? Does he have to break some records or – just be the best quarterback in the league. I agree with you. I actually think voter fatigue is going to get Patrick Mahomes this year. Like, unless he just breaks multiple records this season, I just don't think that the public sentiment is going to be to give him the award. Like, yeah. I mean, Michael Jordan didn't win MVP every year. LeBron didn't win MVP every year. Kobe only has two of them. I mean, Mahomes is going to win another one at some point, maybe a couple more, but I just think there's better value elsewhere on the board. I actually really like Trevor Lawrence's value this year for this reason. Like, if you really look at Jacksonville's schedule, it is light. Like, I could see a scenario in which Jacksonville kind of – you remember a couple years ago whenever the Titans had the one seed? I could see that kind of happening with Jacksonville this year that we look up and it's, oh, hey, Jacksonville had 12 or 13 wins this year because they really just beat up on a lot of bad teams. And then Trevor Lawrence throws for 34 touchdown passes and seven interceptions. And then they give it to Trevor Lawrence's. I mean, we talk about the NFL and wanting to create storylines. We have been building up Trevor Lawrence for the last six years. I don't know how better to put a crown on his head than giving him NFL MVP. I actually really like the value with him. All right, Carrington, now i got to ask you the question that really matters. Illinois, Kansas coming up Friday night. We've seen a little <laughs> bit of line movement there. Kansas, a three-and-a-half-point favorite, now down to three against Illinois. Illinois lost a lot on the defensive side of the ball. They kind of looked sloppy against Toledo. They actually should have lost that game. Uh, you like Kansas this season? Their win total open at six and a half, dropped to five and a half. And uh, do you think Jalen Daniels plays? I mean, I cheer for the University of Missouri here. I'm not coming <laughs> on your show to tell you how good Kansas can be or what I think they're going to potentially do. I saw I you had Lance on the show a, a, a little bit ago, so I figured maybe you had some inside information. No, I mean, I like, you know, I, I, the thing is, I actually don't have a problem with the University of Kansas. You know, when, when you do this job, you lose some of your fandom, right? Like, yeah. you lose some of the sting that you have for this. I still hate Kansas fans. I actually maybe hate Kansas fans more than I hated them when I was a kid. So Lance Leipold has always been great to me. Jalen Daniels, he came on the show a handful of times last year. Whenever he's healthy, he'll come back on the show. I don't mind the players or the coaches. I just don't like the people that cheer for Kansas. So anytime that they can be unhappy about what the result yeah. of the game is, that's some of, that's something that warms my heart. So I hope they lose every time they go out there. Jeez. Just so you fans hey, can be upset. That's why I love you, man, because I bet the under at six and a half, didn't touch it at five and a half, but I hate uh, Bill Self. I hate the basketball team. Everybody <laughs> knows that. But I'm, but I'm an Illinois guy, so I hate Bill Self for many reasons. And that, you know what? That makes perfect sense. Now, I would say I've spent an entire lifetime rooting yeah. against Kansas basketball. It is one of the worst things you can do because they're going to win yeah. 90 percent of the time so i'm with you hating bill self rooting against them you have had very few days of happiness because for the most part they are going to they're going to win and exceed even the highest of expectations all right carrington harrison great talking to you man thanks for coming on with us thanks man absolutely man i appreciate you guys thanks much for having me today bet mgm tonight we'll be right back in just a few head over to bet mgm to place a better three this is bet mgm tonight presented by bet mgm live from betql